I've been waiting 23 years to say that. Oh man, and here we go again, working through our coronavirus madness, trying to not go completely insane-ness by uh, recording more podcasts, Morty. As I posted online and on a whole bunch of other stuff, since quarantine... I have decided not to shave to see how far this, I want to see how far long this goes. Mm -hmm. And if it goes long enough where I have like this really weird ass beard, I'm totally pulling like a Robin Williams Jumanji yeah, moment. Yeah, I'm just going to have a big old hobo beard. What year is it? <laughs> what year yes. is it? Oh, I've already seen some of some people I follow being like, oh shit, I've completely lost track of what the day of the week is. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, we're all in. It's already happened to me oh, yeah. once. We're all in all kinds of... Ah, let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the X-Files. Because this is the FBI's most unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm just Instead of being depressed, let's talk about... Guy that maybe can possibly heal people by touching them on the face. Except maybe he's also a killer. I guess we'll find out in this episode. I'm going to say right off the bat, watching this episode, I hate these kind of people. Dude, yes. Like, I'm not big televangelist. I'm not big in the televangelist or the idea of like the like super church where it's like you have power of healing through touch mm -hmm. and then they go through like all those motions. So I immediately, when the small, when as a kid, that small child at the beginning of the cold open yep. starts speaking, I was like, I'm going to hate him. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to hate this yeah. episode. In fact, I have a lot of stuff in my notes about all of that stuff. Because yes, this episode is about a faith healer, uh, kind of like mega church pastor, basically, well, the kind of people in the real world we would call them con artists but since yes. this is the x-files he may or may not be a con artist uh you can probably guess what the correct answer is there because it's the x-files <laughs> but oh shit this episode is episode 18 of season one it's called miracle man it was written by chris carter and howard gordon a couple names we've heard before obviously since chris carter created the series and howard gordon has written a few other episodes to this point and it was directed by michael lang who is also a recurring director at this point it originally aired march 18th 1994 and i'm looking here to see how it was received uh, 7.5% of all television equipped households, so it got a 13 share. A decent amount of people tuned in. And in a retrospective review of the first season, Entertainment Weekly kinda... Well, we'll get to that when we get to our own scores, to see how our own scores match up with what Entertainment Weekly says later. 
I'm just gonna apologize right now. You might be hearing some roaring in the background. It's because my upstairs neighbors are vacuuming. Dude, yesterday I had to yell at the dog to be quiet in the middle of the. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh shit! And we had that moment. I all my animals went crazy yesterday. I had that moment where in the last episode you thought where something where happened. I thought Robin. Robin had hurt himself, but he was just making noise for the hell of it. And then the dog started barking. What a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good chance there might be some of that on this end. My roommates are out with one of the dogs. Uh, so it's me, the three cats, and the other two dogs. All right. So there's a good chance you might hear me yell okay. at someone. Well, so the cold open in this episode takes place in Kenwood, Tennessee in 1983. And it's pandemonium. There's a truck on fire. And there's firefighters trying to cut someone out of a car. And there's obviously a scene because people love to watch car wrecks and... <sighs> then a man with a Bible comes up with uh, his son, who, by the way... I wanted to punch this kid in the face. <laughs> see, I... Well, the things they give the kid to do make me kind of want to punch him in the face, but at the same time, I thought this kid looked a lot like your nephew, Will. He kind of yeah. did. So... Uh, <laughs> But so I'm gonna punch my nephew in the face. Be like, you will never grow up to be like. Do that. not be this kid because he starts doing like the. Uh, I want you to rise up and heal. Heal. Got power of the Lord compels you. Get up. You know that kind of God. shit. I hate it. And he so keeps much. going on and on. And the firefighter comes by and is like, "That guy's dead. Like, what are you doing?" And the preacher is like well if he's dead then we're not doing any harm are we which is a weird excuse the firefighter should have been like what a freak get away like why are you touching dead people yeah first of all he oh first of, first of all he opens a body bag <laughs> uh which has a burn victim mm -hmm. in it and then they're just like oh okay i guess just have a kid just put his hands all over a burn victim in a body bag well okay i guess we're fine with and that. anyway the whole point is the dead burn victim comes back to life Grabs the boy's hand. And then it's the opening credits. And then we see the same pastor, kind of like video footage of him at his like mega church doing the hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise God, Jesus kind of stuff. And um, in the church, there's a woman lying on the table and the footage pauses and Scully's like, you see that woman right there? She's so-and-so. And she has a malignant tumor on her spine, and that boy right there is going to attempt to heal her by just putting his hands on her, which seems creepy, but whatever. The, yeah, you worded that very awkwardly. Well, that's what they call it. They call it, like, with a touch or laying hands or putting hands. Laying hands. Yeah, it's so weird. And Laying hands is such a weird term because it literally... I, I've always heard laying hands is more as a fight term. Yeah. I don't know. That's throwing hands, I think. Oh, shit, yeah. you're right. Um, laying hands is not as sexy either. Yeah, it's not anywhere near as sexy. And so I guess this tape came from somewhere in Tennessee, and Mulder's like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. That's Reverend Calvin Hartley and his boy Samuel, who is adopted and... Apparently, he really did make a dead burn person come back to life. And uh, Scully's like, yeah, well, 
in spite of that, the local sheriff thinks he's a scam artist and they wanted the FBI to help because even though they think there's fraud, they also think there's murder. Murder. And she turns the tape back on and the reverend is like, um, you know, doctors can't cure this woman, but the Lord can cure her. And the son, like, and you know, you're right. I got the same feeling for a lot of this episode because fuckheads like this exist in the real world and they piss me off. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, Scully then, she turns the tape off and she's like, 20 minutes after this was recorded, that woman was rushed to the hospital and she was dead when she got there. And they don't know what her cause of death was, but it wasn't cancer because, um, they, they couldn't figure out what it was. They couldn't, they could, they wouldn't, they would not let her, they would not let them yes. check out mm-hmm. the body because of religious yep. beliefs, no, t- uh, Trump. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. why they called the FBI. They're like, if we call the FBI, then it's federal law that if they're investigating, they have to be able to do an autopsy. And Scully's like, you want to come even though this isn't an X-File? And I put in my notes, sure it isn't. <laughs> And so, obviously, Mulder goes, and then they go to Kenwood, Tennessee, to this pastor's tent church, which the sheriff mentions later that he's got, like, a Cadillac for every day of the week. It's like, if you're making all this money, why don't you just get a real building instead of a tent? (laughs) That's the thing, though, like, before, like, the super... If it's not a super church kind of deal, there's a lot of, like... That was always... Like that was like kind of the stereotype, mm. I guess. Yeah, probably. Like these healers always had tents because I've always every movie and every TV show I've ever seen where they had these magical yeah. healers are always in tents. Like it's never in like a big like super church or anything like that. Yeah, and it's something. It's actually more of a. Um, I would assume more of a oh shit. What's the word? Like, like a southern room. more of an ambiance kind of. Deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Because I've been to a southern church, and southern churches are awesome yeah. in so general. More like a, uh, but this uh, is nothing like that. God, you're right. There is a word like a like a I don't know. I guess like they call them like a Christian revival church. Maybe that's the something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Anyway, the point is Mulder and Scully go, and then the sheriff shows up, and he's got his wife with him. Only she stays in the vehicle. We don't know why, but. Um, Mulder and Scully go in and they see the Reverend doing his thing, but the Reverend is like, Samuel isn't here today, sorry, but he'll be back in two days. And so then when the service is over and the Reverend is leaving, he's being followed by a a creepy looking motherfucker in a black overcoat and a hat and sunglasses and... Which for to me just goes, all right, he's the guy. (laughs) A hundred percent. Like, it's not even... Like, wow, Wade did not bury the lead on that. Just, yep, there he is. It's the dude, obviously, because we see that he's got burn scars on his face. This was the man that got saved in the open. They don't spell it out until later on, but you can pretty much deduce that this is the dude that got brought back to life in the beginning. Um... And anyway, Mulder and Scully are like, can we talk to your son? And the pastor's like, I I haven't seen him in days. He's been missing. He's been like all kinds of troubled. And then the 
dude in the black is like, come on, we're running late, we gotta go, and they leave, and the sheriff comes up and is like, I've got these coroner reports for you, and then he starts going into this huge spiel about why he thinks the Reverend is a big phony, and Mulder's like, okay, sure, he might be like a con artist, but that's not the same thing as murder. And the sheriff is like, well, I got a witness that says the boy put his hands on those people when they died. And Mulder's like, okay, so you think he just kills them by touching them? And the sheriff is like, I don't know how he, how he does it or why he does it. I just know it's him. So the sheriff's kind of a pain in the ass in this episode, too. He's such a douche. <laughs> and so Scully looks at the coroner report and she's like, ah, I don't see anything weird here except they didn't get to do autopsies. And yeah, that's when the sheriff says, well, they didn't let them do them because of religion purposes. Because apparently the Bible says you can't do an autopsy, which I'm pretty sure probably isn't true, but <laughs> whatever. Well, the whole thing is, like, if you uh, if you uh, do an autopsy of the body, uh, what it's it's desecrating the body, so that way the spirit can't Oh, yeah, at the end of on. days, it can't come back to it. I see. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I just choked on my drink. That's not my coronavirus cough. My corona. <laughs> my okay, bologna. <laughs> um, so anyway, Scully's like, well, we'll just have him dug up. And so they, we cut to an exhumation. And this is when a posse rolls up. And that's the only way to describe it. It's a posse. A religious posse. First of all, <laughs> when they're like, well, because they're, you, yeah, because like the guy in the Vic, Vic. Mm-hmm. The guy, the burn victim dude, is like, "No, we are part of a higher power. You can't. We don't answer these to bodies, the U.S. Blah, government." Blah, blah. Yeah, and and they're like, "Oh, I guess there's nothing here anymore. I guess we'll move on." I'm like, "No, you have full you jurisdiction can just to do keep this. Digging this body up, you don't have to have some dude come up and go. We don't listen to no government." <laughs> and then be like, "Oh, okay. Well, we have this other it's lead." So weird. But oh well, we'll yeah. Do this at, at the same time, the sheriff, like a deputy, comes and is like, "Oh, we found the the car for Samuel." So they go to where the car is, and it's this dive bar, and Samuel's just been in there getting drunk and getting into a fight. And so he's like having his cigarette and his beer, and the sheriff is like, "You're under arrest for murder and or suspicion of murder or whatever." And Samuel's like, well, can I at least finish my beer? And the sheriff's like, yeah, okay. So Mulder sits down while he finishes his beer and is like, okay, um, so do you even have any evidence to charge him with murder? And the sheriff's like, well, he's turning himself in. That's enough. And Mulder's like, look at him. He's sloshed. Like, dude's so drunk. He doesn't know what he's doing. And the sheriff is like, well, fine. Then I'll just arrest him for being drunk and disorderly and fighting in the bar. It's not a question. And this is the worst sentence for any. This is. Uh, it's not a question of if he's guilty. It's just how he did it. <laughs> I wrote that yeah, down. Because I'm like, what a dick. It's just so This is so ridiculous. Like, I get like, wanting to nail these people. But at least do it. Le- have some fucking evidence. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, we'll get to it a little bit later about some of the stuff that goes on. But, yeah, like, man, there's some... Like, from the get-go, you're like, this cop is a dude. Yeah, and that that comes into it, yeah, at some point. And so Mulder and Scully are like, uh, 
start asking him questions and he does like he just prattles on about god and i my faith and i i my faith got muddy and so god punished me because i'm a dirty sinner and i'm guilty and <laughs> so Mulder's like you're guilty of murder and sam drinks his beer and he's like yep uh, and Mulder's like, so, well, if you're guilty, how did you do it? And the boy says some more religious mumbo jumbo, something about pride inviting the devil in and corrupting him. And I don't fucking know something. Basically, he says, I have this power and the devil has power over my power now, which is okay. Basically, yeah, basically now the work is being done by the devil and he's a vessel, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. And uh, Scully is like, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't believe you. And he's like, oh, you don't believe me, huh? Well, I see pain. I see all the people's pain, like the pain on this man right here. And he means Mulder. And Mulder is just like, really? What kind of pain is that? And he's like, the pain of a brother or sister. It's an old pain. It ain't never been healed. And Scully's like, okay, now you're just doing some kind of trick. And he's like, no, I'm not. And Mulder's like, fine, tell me more about my pain. And Samuel's like, I see it. It really was a sister. You And this is the part where it does get a little spooky because he's like, you lost her real young. And of course, obviously it gets to Mulder because his whole arc is about his sister got taken away. Yeah. Which we kind of forgot about for a, a while. A little bit. And so he's like, you know, someone took your sister away when she when you were really young and there, there were some strangers and there was a bright light and you really should have come to me sooner because I could have helped you, but now I can't because my gift is gone. And then Scully's like, I've had enough of this. And she calls the sheriff over and he arrests him and takes him away. He didn't finish his he beer. He didn't get to finish his beer. And so at the court, at this Samuel's hearing, the lawyer is like, you know, the, the evidence is flimsy. He should be let go. And Samuel jumps up and is like, no, don't let me go. That's a bad idea. <laughs> like the first time ever anyone has ever been like, no, no, you should just keep me in jail. Yes. Um, and then the, even the prosecutor is like, well, look. We really don't think that the county should be paying to take care of him right now. So let him go, but on $100,000 bail. And so the judge is like, I agree. By the decree of this court, something, something. And then suddenly, locusts. <laughs> That's literally what I wrote in my notes. Suddenly, locusts. And then suddenly, locusts. Because there's just grasshoppers or locusts or you know they're related animals i imagine these are probably locusts they're on the big side and the courtroom is crawling with them and i have a thing about insects this scene was disgusting and made my skin crawl <laughs> where i was just like man i looked at it from a tech point of view I'm like man that must have been a bitch to clean up <laughs> no kidding right <laughs> And so while like, who designed these this? bugs are everywhere, Samuel jumps up. He's like, see, the Lord has testified against me. I am guilty. Even the Lord says so. But no one's listening. They're all screaming and running out. And so then we cut to a scene of Mulder reading the passage of the Bible about the plague of locusts. And Scully is like... Yeah, okay, well, 2,000 grasshoppers, which is a lot of grasshoppers, by the way. She says yeah. 2,000 grasshoppers doesn't constitute a plague. You put 2,000 grasshoppers in one room, that's a plague. 
<laughs> and she says, anyway, this is farm country. They they get infestations out here. And Mulder's like, yeah, in a cornfield, not in the courtroom. <laughs> and so Scully's like, fine. So now if it really is a plague, what's next? They're going to kill all the firstborn babies? And... um. Scully's like, what's really, what's this really all about, Mulder? Is it because he was talking about your sister? And Mulder ignores her and is like, nope, it's about this bunch of cases documented by physicians of people who went to Samuel to get help after normal medical practices didn't help them. And it's like stuff about spontaneous remissions of cancer and people being healed after they became paralyzed and Mulder says I've encountered thousands of psychic healings in the X-Files but none of them are like this guy this is real and Scully's like Mulder there's stuff like that there's like whole libraries of medical information about this kind of stuff and Mulder's like okay so what if you know the body is like an electromagnetic system and then you unplug it and you plug it yeah, back in. Yeah, it's a modem. <laughs> but then Scully immediately, boy, she got to this conclusion really fast. She goes, so you think Samuel can just repair the energy field to heal people and destroy the energy field to kill people? And Mulder is just... That was that was a very, like, jump ahead. I was like, wow. <laughs> no, she just got to that conclusion. And Mulder's answer is just, eh, why not? <laughs> And so Scully's like, okay, so if he can do that, then why would he? And Mulder's like, ah, something about faith, and somebody knocks at the door, and it's the creepy dude in black who's just like, ah, the reverend wants to see you. And that's not what he sounds like, but in my head, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> and sounds like Wembley from Popeye. Yes. And at the reverend's house, he's like, come on, I need your help. My son is innocent. He's, he feels like nobody else. He's got all this. He, that, that's how he gets his power. Like a pinprick is like a big hole in his chest or something freaking thing like that. Some stupid religious kind of stuff yeah, like that. And it, basically, we find out that, you know, he's like, oh, the sheriff doesn't. He, he doesn't like us and even his own wife has like this horrible arthritis that like makes her hands claws and she can't w walk and the sheriff won't let him get healed and Scully's like uh well considering people have died at your church I don't blame him <laughs> and the reverend's like look I don't know how those people died just come to my church and see that it's not actually my son killing them and like to go I'll go backwards like when you were talking about how like he has all this yeah. money, big uh, house. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, he has a huge house, which is like, which I I'm gonna counteract my my previous point. I was like, yeah, he should have built a church yeah. or something, uh, like to get more people in. But no, he kind of hoarded all that money for himself. <laughs> hey, like most real life of these people do, they build big mansions. Like I'll. I'll name a real life person who's a real offender. Joel Osteen. God. Yep. Yep. This is just who that guy reminds me of. That Joel Osteen guy. Who's got like a private jet and is like, I need my private jet to do God's work. 
Dude, God wanted me to have this God jet. doesn't want me to fly commercial. <laughs> so, <laughs> at, the, at this point, Mulder notices a little girl outside with dark hair and a red dress who obviously is meant to be Samantha, Mulder's sister. This is probably the most interesting part of the because it, it focuses back on the fact that Mulder... This really is like his whole life is trying to find out what happened to his kid sister. And so he runs outside and he looks around and there's no kid. And he's there's some guy there waxing a car and he's like, okay. In the rain, P.S. What's that? He's waxing a car while it's yeah. raining. <laughs> yeah, I know. Good point. He's <laughs> just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and anyway, Mulder's like, where'd that little girl go? And this doofus waxing a car in the rain is like, uh, there's no girl here. How would you know you're waxing a car in the rain? Yeah. <laughs> and so Mulder sees Samuel looking out the house at him and just creepy looking. And Scully comes out and she's like, what is it? And Mulder's like, I, I saw a little girl. And that's the end of that scene. Weird. And so they go to the ministry and we see this burned dude who we, in a minute, we're going to find out his name is Leonard Vance. So I might as well just keep calling him that. And uh, this family comes in and it's an older man and woman and uh, a young woman, maybe in her 20s and 20s or 30s in a wheelchair. And, you know, she's like, I'm Margaret. I, I hope Samuel is here. I want to see him. And Leonard is like, well, let me go out back and see about getting you first in line. And, you know, he goes out back and Samuel's like, I can't go out there. And the father's like, oh, yes, you can. He's basically like shaking him. And he's like, you better go out there. God gave you gift, boy. God gave you the gift and I need the money. And I need the money. <laughs> it's that shit. And. So the service starts and the reverend comes out and is yelling about God. And finally he's like, and then Leonard Vance, you know, my son saved this man's life. And Leonard then starts mumbling about some Bible verse. And yeah, it's like, it had nothing to do with the fact like you would think like, uh, like someone, if he's doing a thing that's like the hype up, like Samuel right. being for real, he would say like, "No, it's totally a legit thing." But no, he just does like, it's like the Bible says, like he, John he says 316, Austin three sixteen, <laughs> Austin uh, three sixteen, just opened a can of whoop- Austin three sixteen, just opened a can of whoop ass. <laughs> Austin three sixteen, I'm gonna open up a can. Gary, hell yeah! I'm gonna stomp a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, he does like a weird Bible verse that's sort of related, but not really. Yeah. And, and then he's just like, and okay, basically that's it. he's like, and I owe my life to this man, Samuel. And Samuel comes out and he's, you know, uh, and while he, when he comes out, Mulder's kind of looking around the tent and he sees this little girl again and he starts running around the tent looking for the girl, which is strange because he's just running around the tent looking like a crazy person. 
while Samuel is touching all these people on the forehead being like, you know, God loves you and stuff. And Mulder's running around and Samuel finally gets to Margaret. This is the point. And he touches her on the forehead and he's like praying. And then she starts to have like a big old seizure and Scully runs up and is like, get an ambulance, but it's too late. Margaret dies. (sighs) So that's that part. And then they go to the hospital and uh, Vance is outside being like, we can't let him do an autopsy. We got all protest and <laughs> that kind of crap. And Yeah, as they're like just talking, in, as they're talking to the parents inside and be like, no, we, you really want to go with the belief or do you want to have like an absolute fact that you know how your daughter Yeah, do you died? want to know if she was murdered? Like this is the third time somebody's died in this church. And so the father is like, well, let me talk to my wife. And he goes away and Mulder says to Scully, he's like, do you think this is a part we got to talk about? Because Mulder's like, do you think you, (laughs) this is one of the things about this show. As much as I love this show, God, this part of the show bugs me a lot because it comes up more than once because Mulder says, do you think he really did it? And Scully's like, no, I was raised Catholic, so I know the scripture, and God never lets it. Scully doesn't fucking believe anything else Mulder ever says, but then she's like, oh yeah, God, that goes real. with... <laughs> yeah. Makes what? no sense. <laughs> Mulder... To me, personally, what is the difference between Mulder saying, yes, I believe life forms from other planets have visited this planet in a machine they built, and God? What's the the difference? I'll never understand it, but I I thought the same thing where it's like I was raised like Christian, and I know the scripture, and I know the devil doesn't really... It's come up before. It came up a little bit in Beyond the Sea when she was seeing her dead dad, and that kind. And it will come. And and she thought that. um, But in a way, it made sense in that one because of the fact her parents were religious, right? And but then it it doesn't come up like a bunch, but it will come up more that there are more episodes where it's like, oh yeah, Scully takes the religious bent and it's like. She doesn't believe in anything else, but she believes in God. It <laughs> drives me insane. But at the same time, probably like a great move, like great thing. Line they did say in that whole thing was like, uh, was uh, uh, I forget the exact line involving the devil, but then Mulder looks at Scully and just said, so you must have really liked The uh, Exorcist. And she's like, it's my favorite movie. Oh, yeah, because he says, um, oh, yeah, because she says that God never lets devil steal the show. And he's like, so you must love The Exorcist. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, and then Scully is like, oh, by the way, like, who were you chasing around the tent like a crazy person? <laughs> And he's like, oh, I just thought I saw someone I knew. And Scully's like, oh, you thought you saw Samantha, didn't you? So, so uh, first of all, she just went on this whole thing about being like, that, <laughs> like we bringing it back, like about God, but doesn't believe Mulder about the possibility of seeing like his little Not only sister. that, and this is another thing that will come up in the show from time to time. 
Mulder sees visions of Samantha as a child and takes them as real. It's like, Mulder, you're a grown man. You were like 10 when your sister was taken away. Why are you, why do you think this little girl, how do you think, you, you think you're, you're still your sister. You think this little girl is your real sister after, you, did she just stay seven years old? Like, the fuck? We don't know. We don't know what the aliens I do. Guess. It's just one of those things. <laughs> it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. And uh, anyway, we get around to basically they get allowed to do the autopsy. And then we get this really menacing knife sharpenings. <laughs> like Scully's about to. Yeah, they get the okay to they get the okay to autopsy the yes. body. And she's just, like, setting up as if she's going to butcher, like, a cattle. It looks like she's just about to, she, like, cut a she, cow in half. Yeah. <sighs> and, um, I forgot. Mulder, this is one of, uh, one of the little weird Mulder eccentricities. It doesn't come up very much, but for all the things that don't seem to bother him, Mulder has a problem with human autopsy. Um, and it does come up once in a while. Like when she starts to cut the body open, Mulder kind of does the, and puts his hand over his mouth and looks away. And then she is like, Mulder, look at this. And he's like, do I have to? (laughs) So that's just one of those weird little things. Mulder can look at, Mulder can deal with all kinds of weird shit, but he can't deal with like human body, like butchered human bodies. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So now we come down to finally the point of the episode. Basically, this woman was poisoned with cyanide. Like Scully sees all these things about how there's like all these weird lesions and it looks like she probably wasn't getting enough oxygen to her cells, which means somebody gave her either cyanide or arsenic. And Mulder's like, well, when can we know? And she's like, well, the lab doesn't open till the morning. And Mulder's like, get someone to do it now. And he leaves and goes to the jail. And he goes to Samuel and is like, look, I'm going to have the uh, sheriff release you. And Samuel's like, why? You saw, you were there. I killed that woman. And Mulder's like, really? Huh? Did you poison her? Because that's how she died. You're an innocent person. And for whatever freaking reason, I don't understand. Samuel just doesn't want to believe that he's innocent because he keeps saying shit about, no, no, like, I killed those people. The devil's take apart me and I've done it. And I guess at this point, he, I guess he already knows what we find out later that he knows because I feel like he must not have... Because we find out something later that he is sort of responsible, I guess. Or at least that the real killer blames him. I don't know. The, I don't know this little bit at near the... When we get to it, it's, it's weird. Yeah. So Mulder leaves and... Um, he sees the sheriff on the way out and they have a little argument. And... Um, Oh, but somewhere in there, Mulder said something to Samuel about, like, uh, his sister and you made me see my sister, didn't you? And something about that. Anyway, the next scene is 
a deputy walks in with two men and he opens Samuel's cell and he's like, I got some company for you. And he shuts these two men in the cell with Samuel and walk away and they beat Samuel to death. They beat him to death. That's, there's a scene in there where the deputy goes to the sheriff's house to tell him he died, but they could have cut that whole scene out. They could have just been... They really could have, That yeah. scene did not need to be there. They could have just, like, shown Samuel getting beat up and then the next morning see him being wheeled out in a body bag. But no, they had to, pan- they had to pad it out. They had so much time I think though. that's part of it, really. I think they just were padding a little bit because... Uh, the next morning, Scully's like, hey, <laughs> Mulder just saw him a few hours ago and he was alone. How did he get beaten to death in his cell by himself? And the sheriff is like, oh, well, you know, there there were these two drunks that we picked up and we put them in the cell and they got in a fight and they beat him to death. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, like normal. I'm like, oh, that's still your fault. Like, Scully... Even telling her that, that's still your fault, but whatever. Yeah. And uh, stuff and things. The reverend shows up and he argues with the sheriff a little bit. And um, then there's a line that I don't understand at all. Mulder's kind of standing there staring. Oh, yeah. And Scully is like, you've got that look on your face, Mulder. Like you forgot your keys and you're trying to figure out how to get back in your house. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean what's that mean <laughs> what what does that have to do what of all the lines you could have said that makes no it's sense. one of the worst lines of dialogue it doesn't like i understand kind of what that look is but i don't understand how it relates to anything in this situation <laughs> so and anyway uh they go into the courtroom, and this is another weird thing, because Scully's like, what are we looking for? And Mulder's like, clues. I'm like, okay, do you need a dog named Blue to come help you? Like, <laughs> Anyway, um, so he steps uh, on a grasshopper, and he notices there's a whole bunch of them right in this one spot. So he looks up, and there's a vent over his head that has more grasshoppers or locusts or whatever stuck in it. So they go up to the roof, and they're looking around, and Mulder finds a little piece of potato by the vent. And then he notices there's like a trail of potato. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, potato. Ooh, a piece of potato. potato. Ooh, a piece of potato. And he's like, oh. um." (laughs) He's like, okay, uh, here's an idea. Somebody put these potatoes here and dumped a whole bunch of locusts. Right there, and if they put them all the way into the vent to the courtroom, you've got yourself an instant plague. And if we find out who did that, we're going to find out who the real killer is. And this is where everything starts to go kind of quick. There's a big thunderstorm going on, and uh, Vance is, like, having a nightmare at the preacher's house, because he lives with the preacher, apparently. And he wakes up, and Samuel is there, even though Samuel's dead. And Vance is like, oh, no, 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 they killed you. And Samuel's like, I was dead, but here I am. Why did you betray me? And in the least surprising turn of events ever, Vance is the killer. (laughs) Whoa. Um, What? 
never saw that coming. So then, you know, Vance tries to hit him, but doesn't because Samuel is or isn't there, maybe? Question mark? Um, and Samuel is... Well, it's all... It's it's basically because uh, it's basically just uh, his consciousness mm-hmm. dealing with the fact he killed like he somehow was embedded with fearing with setting up right exactly so anyway at the same time Mulder and Scully show up with the sheriff and they get their um, get their um, warrant to go in and get Vance and they run upstairs and it turns out that Vance is in his bed, and he's dying. He's drank cyanide. So he's like, I saw Samuel. He was here in my room. He forgave me, and he dies. And that's the end of The Killer. So then we cut to, and this is another thing. I'm like, this is a little bit lame. They go back to Scully writing her report, but she's basically summing up everything we just barely watched. Yes. Which is like, okay, you could have just skipped that part because we already know what happened. And so uh, Mulder gets a phone call and he goes to Scully's room and is like, oh, by the way, I just got this phone call from the sheriff. Samuel's body is missing. And they go down to the morgue and the sheriff is already there. And the deputy is there who is like, uh, the only witness was this night nurse. And she says nobody took the body. He got up and walked away all on his own. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and the sheriff is like, uh, okay, I'm not going to listen to any more of this crazy person. And the night nurse is like, I'm not crazy. Other people saw him. And I'm like, didn't they just say that she was the only witness? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah, and so the sheriff goes back to his own house. And um, apparently it's front page news that Samuel is back from the dead. And the wife is reading the newspaper and she's like, oh, this can't be true. He was just an awful fake like you just said, like you always told me, right? Right? And the sheriff doesn't answer and the wife starts crying because apparently now she thinks he really could have cured her arthritis. And the sheriff gets a knock at the door and he goes to answer it and it's a deputy who's like, all right, I'm afraid you've got to come with me. The district attorney has some questions about that boy's death. And then we cut to the ministry being all packed up and Scully and Mulder are there. And Scully's like, I guess Sundays are never going to be the same around here. And Mulder is like, well, I don't think the Reverend's ever going to stop preaching. His son did rise from the dead. That kind of thing only happens about once every 2000 years. (laughs) Mulder's such a smart ass. And Scully goes, well... Boy, I kind of hope he didn't like steal his own son, bo- his own son's body to fake a miracle. And Mulder's like, hey, no, I don't think he did. I think people are just looking for miracles, and that they're looking so hard that they make themselves see whatever they want to see. And he goes to the car, and again he sees the he he looks in the glass and he sees the reflection of this little girl. And he whips around to see if she's there. And obviously she's not. 
And so Scully's like, are you coming? And he gets in the car and they leave. And that's the end. That was, <sighs> that was Miracle Man. Yeah, that was a, uh, this was a weird episode yep, for me. A little bit. Because for me, um, if I were to get, to give a letter grade, this is kind of in the B, B minus category. Mm-hmm. You're right about that with Entertainment Weekly. I, they gave it a B minus. So. Yeah, I, I give it around there because. I personally don't believe in that kind of... I, I'm not a big fan of the whole televangelist, like, healer kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So I kind of was like, oh, what's one of these kind of things? But the, what kind of kept it in that kind of closer to a B mm-hmm. range was a little bit more of the actual progression involving Mul- uh, Mulder with his sister. And I know it probably won't... It'll come back probably a couple more times. Yeah. It's not as big as a deal. but But still... I kind of that kind of keeps it a little bit up, but I still give it between a B, B minus. Yep, I'm kind of in the B minus range as well. Like, there's nothing. It's not like average, average, but it's only slightly above average. Mostly because of more of the, like you said, kind of like Mulder trying more and more to come to terms with the whole Samantha subplot. Um, yeah. But other than that. Uh, yeah, there's nothing spectacular about the quote-unquote monster of the week uh, or anything like that. So, yeah, B-. Uh, next week, or next episode, depending on if I decide to do these one at a time, two at a time, however this is going to be for the remainder of this crisis. <laughs> um, the next episode is Season 1, Episode 19. Uh, it is titled Shapes. It is another one I don't remember like a ton. I know it involves. It just sounds like an episode of like Sesame Street. Shapes. Yeah, it kind of is about. Uh, I know it's sort of like a werewolf type episode. That's all I remember. I'm all looking right. forward, honestly, to episode 20. Episode 20 is called Darkness Falls, and that one's really good. So. We'll get through shapes next time. Like I said, I don't remember if this one is good, bad, or somewhere in between. So I guess we'll find out. Well, that's what we're going to find, we're gonna find out. out together. Uh, until then, uh, bye, everyone. That's it for this week. Later. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth, Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. Thanks.